Welcome to Revolution Podcast, a place where we discuss the Bible, culture, faith, and why it matters for you. I'm Quinn, and this is my co-host, Chase. And if you're looking for a podcast that explores the revolutionizing power of Christ in your life, then this is the show for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We are Revolution I, we're a Revolution Podcast. I'm sorry. I scared Quinn with the energetic intro here. Sometimes sometimes when we're recording, I just like to surprise him and hit the button and start and just see how it turns out. So yeah. how, is your heart racing right now, Quinn, or what's going yeah. on there? I saw My, fear flash through your Yeah, eyes. it was. This, oh, I didn't expect that. Yeah. To, to, speaking of things you don't expect, today we are talking about how to study your Bible. And we thought, man, what better way to start this off than just by talking about some of the weird adventures, stories, and mm-hmm. um, certain biblical passages that we have come across uh, in our own adventures. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I maybe just preface this by saying this is all from the Bible. So <laughs> if you get offended, just it's it's God's word, guys. We need to talk about it. So and we're not mocking <laughs> it. We're just laughing at ourselves. Okay, so just uh, suck it up. All right. Anyways, Quinn, what uh, start this off? Like, what do you got? Oh, I don't know. I guess one of the funniest stories is just when Ehud, when he stabs, um, I don't even know the king's name. He just stabs the king in the stomach. Yeah. And the king was so fat that the stomach, the fat rolled over the sword. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Judges get super descriptive about death Mm -hmm. and certain things. It's a a violent book. That's for sure. Yeah. How about you, Chase? What do um, what do you got for us? Today? I mean, one of my favorite ones. I I've had to reference this in different like preaching stuff, but like, there's just this beautiful law in Deuteronomy 25 that I'm like, you have to you have to wonder with some of the laws in the Bible. It's like, what were those Israelites doing that made it necessary to necessary to write this law down? And this is one of those ones where it just makes you think. What's the header? Uh, okay, so this is in Deuteronomy 25. It's verses 11 and 12. And, the, and in the Bible, you know, there are different headers um, that kind of organize the sections. And so the header for this one that we've put in is, it, it says miscellaneous laws. And that is so true. This is like one... Yeah. Deuteronomy 25, 11 through 12, thus says the Lord, when men fight with one another and the wife of the one draws near to rescue her husband from the hand of him who is beating him and she puts out her hand and seizes him by the private parts, then you shall cut off her hand. Your eye shall have no pity. Oh my God. How, <laughs> I feel like if this just happened once, <laughs> you wouldn't need to make a law about that. You'd just no. be like, you'd be just like, woman, don't do that. Um, guys, get back to fighting. But like, <laughs> I feel like this is something that have to happen again and again for the <laughs> so was like, it like minimum ten times. At least ten times. Was it like <laughs> was it this one girl who just like got to me? or was it like, was just just the thing that people did? It's like oh. oh. We had a bunch more, but I think we just need to stop right here. That's too much. Glasses are off. We're wiping the eyes. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That's good. Anyways, (laughs) Deuteronomy is always good for a laugh, man. Okay. So let's get into the meat of this episode uh, because we're talking about how to study the Bible 
And we want to do a series on this at some point because it's totally. a really big topic. Um, but we thought let's let's do a little precursor episode. We'll do the series at some point in the future. Um, but let's just let's just start with the basics. Uh, kind of give um, if like if this is a question you have, if this is somebody that maybe maybe you already understand this, but you don't know how to explain it to a friend who is wanting to study the Bible. Um, we're just going to get into this. So. If you're still wondering, like, is this something that I actually need to listen to? Here's the quick outline so you know where we're going to be going with these. Uh, sorry, with this episode. So we're going to be looking at, uh, we're going to be asking ourselves, like, why is it so hard to read my Bible sometimes? The struggles that can come along with that. Um, we're going to look at the beautiful reasons of why you should be reading your Bible. Uh, then we're going to look at, like, where do I even start in the Bible? Do I start in Genesis and just go straight through to Revelation? Uh, short answer, no. Yeah, we're going to be looking at what order specifically maybe you can read your Bible in. Then we're going to look at uh, good practices uh, for being able to read your Bible every single day. And finally, we're going to look at uh, actual specific hands-on techniques for reading the Bible to gain the best understanding and growth from it. It's a pretty good outline, hey? Yeah, I like that. Awesome. So first question, Quinn, that I have for you is, um, why is it so hard for me sometimes to read my Bible? It's just a book. Why Why can't I just read it? Why is that difficult? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of it and people just don't un- often understand it. Yeah. When they um yeah, when they open it, they open it, let's say they start in Genesis mm-hmm. and they're reading through and it's like, all right, they can start to understand it, but then eventually they don't. Yeah. Eventually they get to Numbers or Deuteronomy or Leviticus, whatever. Yeah. And they just don't understand it. And so they're like, This isn't worth my time. Yeah. I think that's a big piece. Um they just yeah, they, they find it confusing. Some A lot of people just can't, can't find time for it. Yeah, yeah, that's another good point, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we often have that excuse of, I don't have enough time to read my Bible, but I think there's a lot of value in it being, um, this is God's word that he's given us. Mm-hmm. I think um, if reading God's word is on the back burner, then you might have to give up some things to spend some time with your heavenly father. Totally. Yeah. I think that's good. I mean, I think, I think it's your brother, your younger brother one time who said, Exodus is really interesting about until halfway through. Yeah. Cause you get yep. Moses and uh, all this different stuff and it's really good. And then you get like chapter upon chapter upon chapter of like specific descriptions for buildings and like measurements and all this stuff. And you're like, what am I even reading right now? Um, and yeah, I think that, that point, like it can get a bit confusing sometimes. Absolutely. Um, I think another thing that can sometimes be a struggle for people, because this has been a struggle for me in my own life, is like it doesn't feel like it's doing anything. And that can be a struggle, not just for reading your Bible, but for spiritual disciplines more broadly, is that um, you know it's a good thing to do, but you don't feel like you're getting anything out of it. That can be a thing with prayer, right? It's like, well, I'm not going to pray right now because I don't, I don't feel like led by the Spirit maybe, or I don't feel like it's doing anything for me. Um, I mean, that that's a complaint I've heard about fasting, reading your Bible, prayer, mm-hmm. worship. Um, often this often worship, um, we can reduce like um, the act, like corporate worship, like singing and music. We can reduce that to the feelings we get out of it. And the same thing can come from the Bible. So maybe we are like we're maybe making a slog through Deuteronomy, which isn't a slog, by the way. Deuteronomy is like it's like a thriller sometimes. Um, not as much as numbers, but Deuteronomy is pretty good. But maybe you, you feel like you're slogging through Deuteronomy. Um, or even like a Genesis, because Genesis, we all know the first few stories, super, super interesting. Mm-hmm. And then you hit Abraham and you're like, oh, I know some of Abraham's stories. But then there's a whole bunch you didn't know. Like Abraham walked a lot and you, <laughs> you hear a lot about that. And you're like, well, like maybe, maybe sometimes you're feeling like it's a slog and you're like, I'm not getting anything spiritual out of this. Yeah. 
Um, but one of the things um, I've found as a good principle for my own life is that when you're doing something spiritual, like reading the actual literal words of God, um, it's still spiritual and holy, even if it doesn't feel like it. That's a principle I've tried to bring into not just my um, reading, my scripture reading life, but my prayer life is like, even like, like there are some prayers when you're like, you're on your knees for an hour weeping and you mm -hmm. just feel overcome by the spirit of God. And then there are some prayers when you're driving and you pray for 30 seconds because somebody's come up to your mind. Um, both of those yeah. um, practices are equally spiritual. Um, there, there's an equal, um, divine supernatural reality taking place there where you're communicating with God. Um, one just happens to feel more spiritual and that's a good thing. That can be a huge blessing. And sometimes when you're reading your Bible, you're going to be blessed by feeling profoundly affected by it. And sometimes you're not, but you're still reading and intaking and studying the word of God. So that makes it a mm -hmm. good spiritual practice. Also, if you're not in the habit of regularly, um, reading your Bible, you're not going to have as many of those deep affecting experiences. Um, because the more often you do it, the more likely you're going to have an experience like that. So I just throw that out there. Yeah, totally. I really like that. Yeah, yeah. that's super good. Cool. Um, so we've touched on this a little bit already, Quinn, but why should people be reading their Bibles? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a big one is it's the word is God breathed. Um, Second yeah. Timothy 3.16 says that. Yeah. Um, it's it's very evident that God's word is truth. Totally. I think there's there's a big piece in that where when we look at the Bible, we, we need to look at a, it as God's word. It's what his instructions for how to live a life that's for him, but also a life of how to live for others as well. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that Second Timothy passage, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for, and this is interesting, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. It's like, people want to know how to good life, how to live a good life. It says you're going to be complete and equipped for every good work, not some good works, not most good works, but every single good work. Um, the word of God will train you mm -hmm. to be completely equipped for that, which is pretty amazing. Um, yeah, I, there's a, there's a great passage in, um, the gospel of John when Jesus is praying um, and he's, he's praying over his disciples and he says to the father, he says, um, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Mm -hmm. um, and so sanctification for anybody who doesn't know, sanctification is this part of the Christian life where we be, we progressively become more and more like Jesus, right? Um, like there's that, that, that prayer, um, Lord, um, increase and so that I may decrease or decrease, mm -hmm. so, let me decrease so that you may increase. Um, so that's kind of a good picture of what sanctification is. It's our human sinfulness draining away and the spirit of God indwelling us and making us more mm -hmm. and more like Jesus. And so John seventeen seventeen, Jesus says, sanctify them in the truth. So it says that, that what that says is that, um, that, um, to be sanctified, to become more like Jesus, we need the truth. That's how sanctification happens. And then Jesus clarifies and he says, your word is truth. And so ultimately sanctification comes through the word of God, uh, which we have preserved for us in the Bible. So that's another thing. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. I think, I mean, all these verses, they they talk about why we should read our Bible. It's, mm -hmm. it's truth and it's from that truth that we 
we can go out yeah. and and proclaim the gospel. Yeah. Every the whole Bible is good for for teaching, for correction. Um all of those things that Chase listed in 2 Timothy. Um and we need to use those. We Absolutely. need to take a look at the Bible and be like, "Hey, I think you can um I think you're doing this really well." Um, but I think we also can do this and you can be like, this is what the Bible says on this subject. I think that's, that's really good. Totally. Peace. Um, I mean, read the Psalms. The Psalms talk so much about, they call it the law of the Lord, law of God. I'll just read um, a bit of Psalm one to you. Uh, it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of scoffers, uh, or sorry, not, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the uh, seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. And this is the picture the psalmist paints. It says, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked though are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. And so um, we, we had an episode on success and what it means to succeed. Um, we'd say the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, right? Yeah. And that kind of growth, the, the bearing of good fruit from who we are, we're, um, we're branches from the true vine of Jesus Christ. And so part of abiding in Christ, part of um, being able to produce um, good fruit all of it comes from the law of God. It's like this river that that feeds us. It's this water um, that gives us life. And so anyways, lots we could say on that, but the, the fundamental, I would, I would say, I would argue that the fundamental spiritual discipline in any Christian's walk should be the regular, um, deep meditative study of the word of God. There, there is nothing day in, day out for the rest of your life. If you are in the word of God, there is nothing that will so profoundly affect, inspire and uplift you. Um, yeah. So that's the case I'd make for that. Yeah, I I also think reading your Bible, you get to know who God is. Yes, absolutely. You get to know his character. You get mm -hmm. to see who Jesus was as he lived. Yeah. Um, but you also get to see how man fail. Yeah. You get to see how much people fall short. Um, and but then we get to see how much God uplifts us. Yeah. How much he. He takes that punishment. Yeah. And I think that's just such an amazing piece of the gospel that, yeah, that I think as you read your Bible, you get to see how much we're like certain people in the characters yeah. and how much we need to try and aim to be like Jesus. Yeah. Paul in 1 Corinthians, these things, um, he either says these things are written down or these things took place so that you may be pre-warned, right? He's talking about the history of Israel and he's saying these things happen so that you can avoid the mistakes these people have made um, so that you do not need to be led into the same temptations as they were, but that you may trust God all the more. And uh, here's something also interesting as well. Um, part of worship, like in the Psalms, you, you always hear um, often people in the Bible, we'll refer to God as the God of Jacob, the God of Abraham, the God of Israel, the God who led you out of Egypt, yeah. the God who parted the Red Sea. They say those things to remember, like you said, Quinn, the, the, to, to 
be, to remind themselves of the awe and wonder at the character and work of who God is. Yeah. And those things are preserved for us in the scripture. Um, and so, all, all th- and, and this is another great thing, it's totally tying into what you said, is that through the Bible, we we see examples of how to live lives dedicated to God through um, different characters in there. Um, and something that you'll consistently see again and again is that people call back to the wonderful things God has done throughout history. And so reading your Bible um, will remind you of those things. And like you said, it, it lets you know who God is. Um, so I think that's, I think we made a pretty good case for that. Again, we could go on yeah. a very long time about this. Why we're doing a series on the Bible. Why, this is why we're going to need to do a series on this. Um, but Quinn, I got an, a new question for you. Uh, we've talked about some of the struggles that can come along with reading your Bible. Um, and we've talked about, um, you know, we've made the case of why people should be reading their Bibles. Um but let's say, you know, maybe, I, maybe I've read the Bible before. I've read bits and pieces. I know John 3, 16. I've been around the block maybe. Um, yeah. But if I'm coming to the Bible again and I want to see it with fresh eyes, um, maybe I don't really know where to start. What book should I pick up? Because the Bible isn't, it's, it's a, more a library than a book. For those of you who don't know it, it has 66 books in it. 39 of them are in what we call the Old Testament. Uh, 27 are in the New Testament. So where should somebody start out of all these books? Yeah, I think like you said, there's 66 to choose from. So there's some great ones that you can start to start off with. And there's some ones where it's like, maybe you shouldn't start with that one. So I think that they're not great too. Yeah. Just not right now. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. All of them are amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think if, if you've read your Bible, um, maybe not even the whole thing through, but you, you know, your Bible a little bit. Um, I would say John, Mm. I think John is a tough one to tackle at pieces when you're trying to study it and yeah. look at it. But for reading it, it's really good because you get a new look at who Jesus is. Yeah. And you also get to see his ministry play out. He does the seven signs and he has the seven I am statements, which yeah. tie back to the Old Testament, mm-hmm. which is really cool. But you also get to see why Jesus does things. Yes. Yeah, that's really good. Um, Mark, in, in the Gospel of Mark, Mark is very action Packed. He's like yes. Jesus healed this person. He did this, and that's amazing. It's yeah. it's really incredible to look at those. But with John, he has seven yeah. signs that he looks at. Yeah, right. Yeah, and when you look at those, it's not just like two verses. It he goes through it. He explains it. He talks through yeah. it. He really I, unpacks the ministry of Jesus super, mm-hmm. super well. And I mean, he starts off in just the most beautiful way. With it's it some one of the sad things about. Um, being English speakers is that we can miss out on the poetry of the original languages. But like John starts off with a poem, right? Um, in the Greek. Yeah. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And you go, you just go through those first 18 verses um, and like, like pick up one commentary on the gospel of John and it's just, you'll see, you, they'll unpack the structure for you, the beautiful language, the allusions to the Old Testament. Um, even just that, that John calling Jesus the word, um, that Greek word logos, um, the philosophical and theological implications behind it, the very word of God, the tangible reality spoken out, breathed into the world through the Holy Spirit because your words carry on your breath, right? Mm-hmm. And breath is a word in um, Hebrew that means spirit. They're the same word and who in the Holy Spirit conceived Jesus Christ. And so the word of the father is breathed out by his spirit. And it's just beautiful, right? All the stuff mm-hmm. that come from that. And that's just the first few verses. And then you go through the rest of John. And it's beautiful. So 
I think that's a great suggestion. If, um, you know, like you said, you've read the Bible before, maybe you've read some of the Old Testament, you'll get the allusions to Genesis, you'll get the allusions to Moses, all these different things. But I, um, I also yeah. think it might take work. Oh, like yeah. recognizing these, like I I was doing a Bible study a couple of years ago with someone, we, we went through John and it, it took some thought, took some work, some some research. And then once you start to understand it, it's like, it paints a whole different picture than just going through and reading it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think maybe uh, we might get to this at some point anyways, but it might as well just throw it in here, is that um, it's not always going to be easy to read your Bible. In fact, it rarely should be. Like if it's feeling easy, try putting some more work into it um, because the more you put into it, the more you're gonna get out of it. And um, I mean, that's that's a reading principle kind of broadly, but um, the Bible is so rich and so multi-layered. And I, I, somebody once called it the first hyperlinked text because it refers to, uh, like it refers upon itself so much, like every single word connects to so many different places that the more you study it, like get a concordance and you'll see, like the Bible connects upon itself so, so much. And mm -hmm. so the more you study it, the more you press into it, the more you try to um, tear apart like the the, figures of ink you see on this paper into the realities that those figures represent and you actually start to realize the divine message that is being imbued upon the pages that you're holding um just this beautiful tapestry unfolds itself before you mm -hmm. and john as a gospel um paints a, such a beautiful picture and yeah it can take work and it takes study um but the reward and the treasure it's treasure right the yeah. treasure you get from that it, may, it it's hard for me to even call it like a sacrifice to say like you have to sacrifice some time to um study this gospel properly it's like is that even a sacrifice when you're gaining something that's so much greater from it mm -hmm. i don't know um and then I would say, uh, let, let's look at people, maybe um, you haven't really read your Bible much before. You're just starting out, you don't know where to start, or you're very, very kind of new to this whole thing. Um, I would recommend, the, the, again, 66 books, tons of places you can go. By and large, everybody always goes straight to Genesis, which makes sense. It's at the beginning, it has the creation story with Adam and Eve and the serpent, and we all kind of know that. It's got Noah's Ark, Cain and Abel, Tower of Babel. Oh good, first 11 chapters, we're feeling really good. There's some weird stuff, like, um, Sodom and when you get to Sodom and Gomorrah, it's like, I've heard this, but you know, the stuff that happens after and in the middle, it's kind of like, oh, as a kid, you didn't realize what was going on there. Um, but then, you know, you get a bit further into Genesis and you're like, what is happening? Exodus, you're back in familiar territory. And then second half of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you're like, what is going on? And not those, again, those books are beautiful um, in their proper context, um, but it just might be worth going to other places to get that context first. So I would say um, if you're new to reading your Bible, I, I would recommend starting with the Gospel of Luke. Uh, it's the longest gospel. It gives you a really complete picture of Jesus's life and ministry. It starts off with the Christmas story that we're all familiar with, a great way to start off. And you get Jesus' entire life, um, his, the passion, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the ascension. And then once you finish the Gospel of Luke, I'd recommend skipping over the Gospel of John and going to the book of Acts. Yeah. 
because Acts and Luke were both written by the Dr. Luke. He was a traveling companion of the Apostle Paul. And Acts essentially is just a continuation of the Luke narrative. I think they're addressed to the same person, Theophilus. Um, so it, it's essentially one narrative that's split into two different books. And so it just continues. And you see that the ministry of Jesus didn't stop with the ascension. It continues when the Holy Spirit comes to indwell the early church mm-hmm. and that empowers them. And you see the growth of the early church in miraculous ways. You get to know the Apostle Paul, which is really important. You see his ministry and that frames later when you go to read some of his episodes like Romans and Philippians and Ephesians and Galatians and all those wonderful books. You get to meet this character and you see the things he's referring to when he says uh, in his episodes, he's like, I hated the Church of Christ. You actually get an account of that in the book of Acts and, and you get to know the Holy Spirit, the, the third person of the Trinity. You get to know the Holy Spirit so well. You get to know Jesus so well through these two narratives. So I'd say start with Luke and Acts. It gives you a history of Jesus Christ and the early church and the apostles, which is really good. Um, And then Quinn, we've talked about where people start, but where do people go um, from these different books? Yeah. Um, Because I've thought about this a lot for myself because I've read, I've, I've read as much as I can and um, much as I can through the Bible as many times as I can. And I've got an order, I think, figured out pretty well for people. Again, you know, if you if you look if you go online and, and you look at Bible reading plan, you will find at least a hundred different suggestions. So we're yeah. by no means the authority on these things, but we do have thoughts about these things. And so, did you want to kick this um, a bit off? Yeah, I guess Luke and Acts are great. Um, Chase did a whole thing on that. Um, Ephesians and Colossians. I I've read Ephesians. I don't remember a whole lot from it. You can unpack that one. Yeah. But Colossians, it from what I remember, it's very very practical. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think it's Colossians three. It's take off the old self, put on yeah. the new self. Yeah. It, it goes through a list of certain sins that we, that we often have in our own lives, but then it, it goes to the opposite and is like, this is actually, you're supposed to take that off and put on Christ, put on humility, put on love, yeah. those kind of things. And I think that's super applicable. Um, and then James, I think yeah. James is really good. Um, talks about um, how we can. It, it talk James three taming the tongue is mm-hmm. is really good. Um, yeah, he paints a really good picture of the power that we have. I think. Yeah, I think there's. Yeah, do you want to keep going? Yeah, yeah. So kind of the we have we have a we didn't go through the entire sixty six books and say this is the exact order you should read them in, but we did get through a good chunk of them. Um, and kind of part of the philosophy there is uh, you want a balance of New Testament and Old Testament. Uh, you do not want to ignore the Old Testament because it is just as much the Word of God as the New Testament is, and it is just as e- it is equally relevant in our lives. Um, but you, you, it's the the more you read the Bible, you more understand. And I, I, we don't have time to go into the exact explanation for everything. But um, the history of God working through His people is divided into certain covenants. Uh, um, throughout the history of Israel and then the history of the church. Um, and so part of um, 
a good Bible reading plan is striking a balance between um, reading New Testament material and Old Testament material and making sure you understand things as you go along. And so we started off with a few books that we thought would help you, would help frame uh, some of the Old Testament stories as you get into them. So yeah, we start with Luke and Acts. The reason I put a few, I would recommend, I would recommend Luke, then Acts, that gives you the history of Jesus, the apostles in the early church. And then I'd say, read the book of Ephesians. Um, you'll have already met the character of Paul. And this is, um, not the not the earliest letter. I think Galatians was the first letter he wrote. But if he wrote the letter of Ephesians, um, and the reason I'd recommend it is because it it is con- it's more concise than the book of Romans, um, and it gives a very um, concise yet detailed description of Paul's the, the Paul's theology. Right? It lays out um, the depravity of man. It lays out the need for a savior. It lays out the beautiful way Jesus Christ um, fulfilled the covenants of the Old Testament. And then, and that's all theology. And then the second half is so practical. And it says, now that you are part of this new family, he uses the language of the family of God's chosen people, um, once Jews, now Jews and Gentiles, anybody who believes in Jesus. It says, now that you have become part of this new family, now this is the way you should act. And it gets super, super practical. And so that's why I love the book of Ephesians, because as you then explore the Old Testament and more books of the New Testament, you already have this foundation of the basics of um, the theology um, that is unpacked throughout the rest of the Bible. And so it's just a very concise, good roadmap um, as you go out and explore the rest of the Bible. Colossians is great. It focuses on the person of Christ, the supremacy of him, that he's like the um, the imprint, the very imprint, the image of God made flesh. Um, and then, like you said, it gets, again, very practical. Me and Quinn both like practical things. Um, yeah. Any idea that stops inside your head and doesn't work its way out into your actions isn't an idea worth having. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so any idea, even like deep theological concepts should inform the way you live. Yeah. Uh, so Colossians is great for that. James, again, possibly the most practical book in the Bible, super, super good. Um, and then it also, like you said, Quinn, it, it dives into the power that we have as people, the power to build up and the power to destroy. And I, I would say that's where you stop your first foray into the New Testament, because now that you have an, uh, an idea of Jesus, the church, um, some theology, uh, some idea of what the covenants are, and now the inherent power to build up and destroy that God has given man, and you end with that. Now let's rewind. Let's go back to Genesis. Mm-hmm. Now you learn where where did that power come from? You learn about the image of God. Um, you start to learn about the need for a savior. You hear the first prophecy uh, after the fall when, when Jesus said, the seed of the woman will crush the serpent. And you're like, oh, I know that guy. I read about him in the Gospel of Luke. Um, and then you hear about covenants. You, you see the covenant that God makes with Adam and Eve. Then you see the covenant he makes with Noah. Then you see the covenant he makes with Abraham. And you're like, oh, people keep failing these. Yeah. Um, and then and then you make the connection back to Ephesians and Luke and and you're like, oh, this is why we needed Jesus. And you start to see that grand picture of the Bible mm-hmm. unraveled like a scroll where it's like, now I realize the need for a savior. And then you continue through Genesis. I'd say read Genesis, then you go to Exodus. Um, and then for now, don't do this forever, but skip over the first books of the law at first, um, Genesis, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Uh, skip over that. You'll miss some history of Israel, which is unfortunate, but you'll skip over those um, to Joshua. Read the book of Joshua. Uh, read the book of Judges. Um, very depressing, but you again see the absolute depravity of man. It's a it's a horrifying yeah. book in so many ways. And then I, I would just recommend ending with the book of Ruth, a very short, sweet um, book, a little bit, you know, a, a nicer place to leave off uh, yeah. than judges. And it also foreshadows um, King David. Um, 
who we'll meet in our next Torah into the Old Testament. But do you want to, do you have the books written down for the next bit of the New Testament there? Um, no, you can keep going. I'll keep going. I'll, I'll make these quick because you guys don't need a detailed explanation of each book. But So we've got Luke, Acts, Ephesians, Colossians, James, then back to Genesis, Exodus, Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. Then I'd say jump forward to the New Testament. If you haven't read the Gospel of John re- yet, read it now. You'll understand a lot more of the allusions to the Old Testament. You'll understand the why behind Jesus so much better. I would recommend reading the book of Philippians. It is short, um, but it, again, it starts to unpack um, the daily living of a Christian, um, which again, is a good kind of practical thing to get your hands on. And then read the book of uh, 1 Peter. Um, Peter uses a lot of Old Testament language um, he to, to refer to the new church. And because now you have a your hands on the history of Israel a little bit better. You'll understand the references he makes and you'll understand why it's so impactful that Peter would refer to Gentiles with the same loving language that God referred to the Jewish people. And that's really profound. So read first Peter, jump back into the Old Testament, read first, second Samuel, first, second Kings, get some more of that history under your belt. And then we haven't even touched the prophets yet. So I'd say after you've gotten this far, uh, pick one of the um, major prophets. Uh, I'd recommend Isaiah um, because once you've read that first major prophet, we're going to jump to the New Testament again. And I would say read Matthew, Romans, and Hebrews. Heavy hitters, all three of them. But if you've read the book of Isaiah which again might be difficult to work through at times, but it's got the most beautiful language and you'll see Jesus again and again throughout it and you'll marvel at the promises and providence of God. Um, But then you read Matthew, which refers to Isaiah so many times. And then you'll read Mm -hmm. Romans, uh, which refers to the prophecies of Isaiah and the old covenants and the history of Israel. And then you'll read Hebrews, which again, super um, saturated in Jewish thought and Jewish um, lore and literature. And just read those three books. And then after that, there's so much more. You guys, I'll leave you guys free after that, but you still got more major prophets to unpack. We haven't even touched Psalms or Proverbs or Ecclesiastes or Job or any of the minor prophets or like Daniel or Hosea or like there's so many beautiful stories yeah. and there's so many letters in the New Testament to read as well. We didn't even talk about the gospel of Mark. No. Uh, there's so much, right? But that's kind of a very broad thing. But again, look up online. We'll give some um, links in the show notes to Bible plans that we like that are online. But if you just type in Bible reading plan, you'll find lots but that, that's what we'd recommend um, yeah. as places to start. so just to recap start with luke and acts um or if you've been through the bible a few times but you're looking to rekindle your awe and wonder of god in your relationship with the word read john Great yeah place. yeah totally i also i think acts in general is just incredible like yeah. if if you've read your bible i think yeah. acts is also really good because there's some good history in there as well yeah if, if you like that oh yeah it's really good. um you get to see Saul become Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess yeah, John. John's really good, and Acts just kind of either way. I think. Yeah. Oh, Acts is awesome. Um, new question for you, Quinn. Um, let's say I'm struggling to read my Bible every day, but I want to get in that practice. How do I read my Bible every single day? Yeah, I think something for me. I used to read my Bible before I went to bed, mm-hmm. and. I first of all, I would read it on my phone, um, mm. <laughs> which Chase doesn't love, and I moved away from that. Um, yeah, because okay. honestly, I wouldn't read it intentionally. Right, I would read it, and then I'd want to go scroll through Instagram. Mm. Um, but then I, and then I wouldn't remember anything because I would just speed through it. But I think read it right in the morning, right yeah. when you get up. Yeah, I think something that we have to remember, and Chase touched on this when he he did a youth talk. Um, 
a while ago and it's like we've been given this day. Mm -hmm. It's such a, a blessing that we're here today. So why don't we spend it in prayer, in in the word of God, so that we can start our day fresh, yeah. knowing that yeah. there's new mercies every day. Mm. and New morning mercies. Yeah. And I I think it's, it's going to be challenging. I know yeah. for me, I don't always want to get up and read my Bible, but I think about it like, if you're someone who's trying to train for a marathon hmm. and you work all day and after after work, you're tired, right? So the only time you can run is before work. Um, it's going to be tough to get up and, and run, right? But as you do it, as you get up and run, it, it becomes a little bit more of a habit, becomes a little bit easier. And same with reading your Bible. As you get up, as you pray to God, and as you read your Bible, it might be hard the first week, but as you keep going, it's going to get easier because it's part of your daily routine. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I think making it a habit definitely would help. Um, so yeah, do it first thing in the morning. Um, I would say do it in small chunks. There's a saying by a writer named Anne Lamott. I think that's how you say her last name. Um, but it's uh, bird by bird. Tackle your problems bird by bird. Um, and it comes from the story of her when she was younger. Her little brother had a middle school project in which he had to, kind of his final project was he had to make a album of bird watching with pictures of birds and he had to write a description of each wow. one, whatever. Like you worked on it all year and it was kind of a final project sort of thing. And as a typical middle school boy, he didn't touch it. And so then the night before he hadn't worked on it at all. And he was just crying at their kitchen table, absolutely exhausted, like just a wreck and she was like um she was in the kitchen and she very viscerally remembers her dad going up to her brother and and like handing the book sitting down with him putting a hand on his shoulder and say son we're gonna take this bird by bird um and i think that's just a great way to live life it's like the bible is huge it's um thick it's deep and but if you take it in small chunks if you take it bird by bird you can work through it i mean what's really nice is that um in our modern Bibles, they're div they're divided into not only books, um, but chapters and verses. And even those chapters um, nowadays are most translations have them divided into little sections. They've got headers. Like mm -hmm. I've just flipped open to the Gospel of Mark in chapter eleven. The first header is the triumphal entry. Next is Jesus curses the fig tree. Then Jesus cleanses the temple. Then the lesson learned from the withered fig tree, and all these different things. Right. Um, so. If, if you're having trouble working through an entire chapter in the morning, just start off by reading one of those little sections, uh, whether it be three verses or five verses or 10 verses. I just think yeah. that's a great way to, um, it's, it's better to read a little than none at all. And it's yeah. better to understand a little than to skim through three chapters. Totally. Right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I really like that. I think another good thing is if you're new to reading your Bible, or even if you're not, um, my dad with our, with our care group, they have a bunch of guys and they follow a Bible reading plan. They, mm, they read yeah. their Bible, the same chapters together each day, and then they're able to discuss it. Yeah, And I think that's really incredible because you get to see how, what this person got out of the Bible, yeah. what, what this person thought about these verses. You can have a conversation. And I think it's one thing to read your Bible and understand it, but it's also sometimes nice to, to ask those questions and be like, What'd you get out of this? I know I'll come up to Chase and be like, what's your thoughts on Romans 9 or whatever? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of things. <laughs> 
Oh boy. Yeah, I think actually, actually that I like, first of all, the reading plan. Um, yes, because if, if you just do the thing where you like, you're like, God, show me what you want me to read. Then you flip open your Bible and press your finger. Uh, you're probably going to land somewhere in the Old Testament, probably Psalms or Proverbs. Um, but also um, if, if you're following a reading plan that takes you through the whole Bible, then you actually get through the whole Bible. You shouldn't focus on one part of the Bible to the exclusion of another. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't just be reading the Gospels. You shouldn't just be reading the Old Testament. Um, you shouldn't just be reading um, Paul's letters. You should be reading the minor prophets, the Gospels, the wisdom literature, the histories, um, the prophet, like all these different things, mm -hmm. right? And then that other bit there, uh, your dad um, with his care group, it's like, read it with, like have a Bible reading plan, but do it with a friend or a group of friends. Yeah. Um, keep each other accountable. Ask, actually like ask each other, um, have you read the bit that we're supposed to read today? And like you said, ask some questions. Then you can really engage and see how much people are getting out of the passage. So yeah. um, if you're struggling with reading it every day, grab a buddy and be like, hey, I'm having a hard time. Can we do this Bible reading plan together? Um, and then we can check in with each other every day. And having that little bit of pressure is really healthy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. last little bit there, you talked about uh, a point that I wish I'd come up with because it's really good. And I use this in productivity stuff all the time, but set a timer, um, set a timer for like 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, however long you have, just set a timer, put away your, and this is why I don't think you should read it on your phone, put away your phone, anything that could um, distract you with the outside world, with social media, put away computer, um, lock yourself in your room, say family, I'm going to be busy for like half an hour. Put on a timer so you so you know that you're not going to go over time. You know exactly how long you need to read for, and then just have it be time with you and God. Um, yeah, and doing that just helps you focus. Yeah, yeah, it helps you focus, and it doesn't matter how if you read five chapters in half an hour or if you read fifteen verses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, like you said, understanding is better than reading a lot. Yeah, quality over quantity, people. Let's go. Come on, this yeah. is business one hundred and one. This is. We're, we're in business right now. Yes. All right, last little bit uh, for the episode here, Quinn. We've talked about um, why it can be difficult to read the Bible. We've talked about um, the reasons we should be reading our Bibles. Uh, we've talked about where to start and how to get through the Bible. Uh, now we've talked about um, different techniques to make this be a habit. And by the way, um, we can be a bit, little bit afraid of legalism. I think I've mentioned this in an earlier episode. We can be afraid of legalism and telling people they should be reading their Bibles every day. I've heard that. Like you, I've heard people say to me, you can't tell people that they should be reading their Bible every day. And I'm like, well, the Bible says you should be reading your Bible every day. Blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord, who meditates on it day and night. Um, so that's day. We're just saying the day. You like forget about the night, but the Bible says day and night, so that's a higher standard than we're setting. So mm -hmm. it's not legalism; that's reality. Yeah. Um, but final question, Quinn. We talked about habits to help us do it every single day. Now let's get into the actual techniques, and we'll make this brief because uh, we're near the end of our time here. But what are actual techniques that I can use when I'm reading my Bible to help me get the most out of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one of the best things that we can do is that I've that I've found is praying to God. Mm. I think, first of all, praying, if you're reading your Bible when you get up, just pray right away and thank God for the day. Yeah. Um, and whatever thoughts you might have, but then also be like, Lord, show me what you want yeah. me to hear yeah. in, in your word. And sometimes you'll be like, oh, this really stuck out. And sometimes it'll, it won't, but constant prayer with God is, is amazing. Yeah. 
And especially in reading your Bible, it's it's very key um, to understanding the word, but also understanding God himself. Totally. And like if you're praying and you're asking God to speak to you and give you wisdom and give you discernment in different situations, uh, we talk about the Bible as like it's the word of God. These are the very words of God. And so if you're praying and then you go into the word of God, it's like maybe you might actually get an answer because yeah. um, th- th- this is often how God speaks. Like Hebrews talks about how the Bible uh, is sharp. The word of God is sharper than any two sword um, piercing beyond um, division of joint and marrow into the very depths of the soul. I might have misquoted that, but I'm saying it anyways. Um, but it, it affects like the deepest parts of yourself, right? And so come at it with prayer, with humility, um, with submissiveness, being willing to be changed and affected by it, yeah. I think is a good practice. Um, something else, um, it's very easy when we read our Bible. I've noticed this in different Bible study groups I've been a part of is like we read the passage and then the first question we ask is what does this mean for you? Or like what what do you want to do with this? Um, and, and that's a good question to ask is like, how, like the question essentially is asking how do we apply this to our lives? Yeah. How do we live this out? Great question to ask. But when you're reading the Bible, the first question you should ask is what does this mean? Um, I like to say that you should read first to understand, then to apply. Yeah. Um, so actually get a good grasp on the passage, verse, chapter you're reading. Um, and once you've sorted out what God is actually saying, what the human, also the human author as well, um, although it is God and human author, we shouldn't separate those two too much, um, but you have to understand it's both. So what's the at- intention of the human author? What's the intention of the Holy Spirit in this passage? Um, and once you've actually understood that properly, um, then you can apply it. And that's why theologians can harp so much in like um, sentence structure and grammar and verb tense uh, in the original languages. The reason people get so concerned about that is because details like that can change the meaning of a passage mm-hmm. and you have to know the meaning of a passage before you can apply it because if you just take any wacko meaning um, then maybe you're not actually getting the meaning that God intended to put there and so then when you apply it you're not actually applying the word of God yeah. you're applying what you think the word of God is and maybe it's just a word that you really like and so anyways um, yeah read first to understand then to apply I would go off on a rant if I kept going on that <laughs> one um, what else do we got for this how do I read my bible yeah, I think, I know for me, I have trouble remembering things, mm. like might even have short-term memory loss. I'm Who not knows? too sure. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I think something that I've found and somebody encouraged me was if you have trouble remembering what you're reading and then take it one section, two sections at a time and just... You can take some notes, take some notes to try and understand for yourself, yeah. but then also just take a, a verse that stands out to you and just try to remember it. Mm. Just go over it a couple times um, because if it sticks out to you, it's for a reason. You might you might remember it later and it's through that that you might be able to apply that verse. Yeah, that's good. Again, when we do the series, we'll have to talk um, a bit more in depth about memorization and all that because that's a really good spiritual practice as well as actually memorizing the word of God. Um, but I think that's great. Like if if a verse or a few verses stick out to you, yeah, take some time to just read it over, write it out. Writing stuff down can totally help you remember it. Uh, then last thing um, is to know what you're reading. Because um, if you're reading the book of Psalms, you should be reading that differently than you'd read um, the book of Titus. Because um, yeah. it's something in literature called genre. It's these categories of books. And the Bible, um, being a library, has several different genres yeah. uh, within the books themselves. And so 
uh, when you're reading a book, you should be knowing what you're reading. And so if you have a, and like you, you said this, Quinn, study Bibles help. Um, study Bibles are fantastic resources. Lot of, lots of them have little descriptions of the books at the beginning of them, which is fantastic. But there's also a great resource online. Um, the Bible Project has made these fantastic animated videos yeah. um, that summarize the books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And they do it so, so well. It gives you a good grasp of the scope of the Bible or so the, the book. Um, before you start reading it. And so if you're going to dive into, like, say, the book of Ephesians, just look up Bible Project Ephesians um, on YouTube and it'll just pop up. Watch it. It's like it's less than 10 minutes, but it's so beautiful, so well done, super informative. Totally. Um, But yeah, in any case, before you start reading any book of the Bible, make sure you know what you're reading. Um, And yeah. And again, there's a bunch of finer techniques to stuff like this um, that we could go into, but I think that gives people a pretty good yeah. handle on stuff like this. Totally. don't want to overwhelm people with too much. Yeah. Um, there's lots to say, which is why, again, we'll need to do a series at some point. But mm-hmm. how to study the Bible. Um, man, why is it hard to read the Bible? Why should I read my Bible? Where do I start and what order should I read in? How do I do it every day? Um, and what are the actual techniques I can use? Any last minute thoughts uh, and to show thoughts to kind of wrap things up? Yeah, I think just try and pursue a habit of reading your Bible. Mm -hmm. I think you might not see it at the beginning. You might not be like, like a lot of people, they're like, I don't see any growth. Mm -hmm. Um, And that might be, but keep pressing in. Yeah. Keep praying. Keep asking God to, to, to show you what he wants you to see Mm -hmm. in his word. Yeah. And it's through that, that you're going to see transformation you're going to start to understand certain concepts um but you you just get to know god more yeah and i think that's that's so incredible yeah yeah i just encourage people um like one year two years five years 10 years 20 30 years from now there i i honestly believe there's no practice you will be so thankful you pursued as much as reading your bible every single day um it will transform you you'll start to think because when you read it the words will just percolate in your head and since they're the words of god you'll be thinking alongside the words of god your will be will become more and more conformed to his you'll start to see life through the biblical vision it's just oh it's so beautiful so i just encourage you Wherever you're at with your um, dis- with the discipline of uh, studying the Word of God, um, whether you're lagging, whether whether you've never started, take take time today to just really start. Um, make a plan, commit, get a friend, make it so this sticks. Because there is nothing you will be so thankful that you pursued mm-hmm. as much as this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, it's a good place to wrap up. Totally. Um, well, we're going to, pretty soon here, we're going to be coming out with a series on apologetics. We're going to be diving yep. into that pretty soon, uh, asking really big questions about um, God, the Bible, Christianity, um, trying to, some of the common objections people can have, the, the holes people try to poke. Um Questions like, how can God be all-knowing, all-loving, and all-powerful, yet allow evil to exist? Um, Why should I trust my Bible? Isn't it just an old book like any other old book? How do I even know Jesus was the Son of God? How do I know he even lived, died, resurrected? Like, why should I believe he resurrected? That's ridiculous. Um, Why would a loving God send people to hell? Tons of questions we can get into. if if that's if those are questions you've asked, if you've known people have asked those, or if you just um, want to get to know God and His Word better. man tune in uh we'll be having those so yeah we'll we'll post more updates about stuff like that but yeah stay tuned for an apologetic series coming soon yeah totally and we're on we're on facebook 
Facebook, hopefully soon. Soon. We're on Instagram. Yeah. So give us a follow. Give us a follow, um, a like. Leave a review if possible. Yeah. That'd be awesome on mm-hmm. like whatever, on Spotify or Apple, whatever. You're, uh, Spotify, you can't leave written reviews, but there are questions uh, under uh, podcast episodes in Spotify now. This is new. There should be questions. So you can leave like an answer to the question for this episode. I think it's a question like, um, what did you think of this episode? Just leave a short little answer. If you're on Apple, you can actually leave a written review. It doesn't have to be long, but if you want to ask questions in those reviews or in those answers, ask questions and we'll try to get back to you guys. Um, like message us. Uh, our email should be out on Instagram. If it's not, we'll put it up there so you guys can send emails to us. It's revolutionpodonline at gmail.com but we'll make a post about that so you can email us, email us, message us, anything like that. So we'd love to get in contact with you guys if you have questions, suggestions, uh, chairs to be thrown, bitter comments to be made, anything like that. Yeah, and share, share, share our podcast. We we want to get it out there um, as much as you can. Cool. All right. So we'll tune in with you guys later. Have a good week. Bye bye.